This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Today, we're going to be talking about the dangers of flea and tick medications on cats. We'll be right back after these messages. Let's talk about how to accessorize your pet's life. If you're celebrating an upcoming birthday or adoption day for your four-legged friend, deck out your party with new Molly and Bandit pet party accessories. This is a great line of party products that are designed specifically for your dog or cat. They're wearables for your pups, including adjustable party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. So this will be perfect if your pet is popular on Instagram. Check out all the great pet party products again at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about the dangers of certain types of flea and tick medications on cats. Now, when it comes to cats, if you let your cat or your dog go outside at all, it's really important to make sure that they are current on some type of flea and tick preventative. Now, this is obviously going to vary depending on where you live in the world. I'm based out of Minnesota, and I generally start these medications to protect my dog and cat typically from April until there's a hard frost in October. If you live in an area like Florida or in the Southwest or the Southeast, you probably should keep your pet on a flea and tick medication the whole year. Why is this important? Well, not only is having a flea infestation in your house a nightmare to deal with, but there are a lot of diseases that fleas and ticks can carry. First of all, you always want to make sure to do prevention, 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 because if your cat gets one flea on them and they bring it into the house, unfortunately, one flea can lay 400 to 600 eggs and those eggs all hatch to develop more and more fleas. So it can be a total nightmare to deal with. And that includes sprays and exterminators and frequent vacuuming and lots of flea and tick medication. So I always say you want to prevent the problem to begin with. Now, my cat, in full disclosure, is totally indoor. And even I keep my cat on flea and tick medication. Why? Because my dog goes outside and we have a big fenced in backyard. And once in a while, my cat escapes out into the backyard, even though it's fenced in. I try to bring my cat in immediately, but I'm always worried about these dangerous diseases that fleas and ticks can carry. Fleas can also result in severe anemia. I've actually seen kittens that have had severe life-threatening anemia from having all their blood sucked out by fleas. Normal red blood cell count for a kitten should be approximately 30%. For you human MD professionals, this is the equivalent of a hemoglobin of 10. And unfortunately, I've seen some kittens come in with a red blood cell count or a pack cell volume with only about a quarter 
of the red blood cells that they should have. So this is what we call a PCV of 10 instead of 30%. For you human types, that's the equivalent of a hemoglobin of only three. Kittens can die from a severe flea infestation. So we always wanna make sure to prevent any of these problems. Now, when it comes to dogs versus cats, it is so important that you realize that cats have altered liver metabolism. They have something called altered glucuronidation. That's a fancy way of saying they can't metabolize certain drugs at all or well at all through their liver. And that's why cats are much more susceptible to certain drugs or poisons as compared to dogs. Now, I don't care what type of flea and tick medication you use as long as it's safe and effective. So the best thing to do is talk to your veterinarian about the pros and cons of these different types. I actually wrote a blog about what type of flea and tick medication you should pick on my website at drjustinelee.com. So you can check that out too. In general, there's a bunch of different types. There's sprays, there's oral medications, and there's actually topical medications. Which one you prefer is totally up to you. And again, talk to your veterinarian about it. Here's my general philosophy. I don't like to use sprays unless you have a current flea infestation. So you're spraying the environment trying to kill the fleas or the ticks in that area. So again, this is really only reserved if you have a flea infestation or tick infestation in your house or environment. Now, in terms of the other two main categories, there's both oral and topical medications. Most cat owners have a hard time pilling their cat. So most cat owners will actually use a topical, which is totally fine. However, you better make sure you're using the right active ingredient because if you use a dog product that's a topical flea and tick medication on a cat, it can potentially be fatal. So the three biggest mistakes that I see cat owners, even well-intentioned cat owners, making when it comes to accidentally poisoning their cat with dog flea and tick medication include, first, one, not reading the instructions. You have to read the instructions carefully before you apply any flea and tick medication onto your pet, whether or not they're a dog or a cat. The reason why I become concerned is because certain chemicals called pyrethrins or pyrethroids are potentially really poisonous to cats. And if you look on the ingredients and if it's dangerous to cats, it is labeled all over that box. It says, do not use on cats. There's a picture of a cat with a big X over it. So it's really important that you take the time to read the instructions before you put any type of chemical or medication onto your dog or cat. The second mistake I see is not consulting with your veterinarian. Yes, you can save a couple of dollars by buying it over the counter, but if you're not sure, you're actually safer buying it through your veterinarian. And the main reason why is because some of the products that hit the market are actually illegal products. They were stolen or they were bought from another country, they may be expired, and there's no backup warranty on products like this. So you do wanna be careful, one in doubt, please talk to your veterinarian about it. The third mistake I see is not knowing the weight on your cat. People automatically assume, oh, my cat's 10 pounds, when in actuality, your cat may only be seven pounds. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's 30% of their body weight. So we always wanna make sure that we're dosing the medication appropriately. When in doubt, your veterinary clinic will always welcome if you just wanna bring in your pet to get them weighed on the scale. They're not gonna charge you for that. And if they do, go to a different vet. If you're just going in to weigh your pet, that's actually a really important part of their health. Now, I will share a little personal story with my own previous two cats. I used to weigh them once a month, and I had it on my Google Calendar to weigh them once a month, and I would write it down on my calendar. 
And the main reason why was because one of my cats actually had chronic kidney disease and I wanted to make sure my cat wasn't losing weight. The sooner we diagnose that our cat is losing weight, the sooner we can work them up, the sooner we can treat them and the better the prognosis. So the top three mistakes I see people making when it comes to flea and tick medication is one, not reading the ingredients or the instructions carefully. Two, buying products over the counter, which may potentially be stolen. So you always want to do due diligence to make sure it's a good legal product. And three, not knowing the exact weight of your pet. This is really important before you apply a medication. We'll continue with this really important topic of flea and tick medication right after these messages from our sponsors. We'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Pretty Litter. A bag of Pretty Litter weighs four pounds, and it's really lightweight. Most litter weighs between 20 to 40 pounds. It's also long-lasting. One bag of Pretty Litter lasts an entire month for one cat. It's also got built-in health monitoring. It keeps tabs on your cat's health by changing color if it detects potential health issues. For example, Pretty Litter may turn green or blue if it notices a high urinary pH, which can lead to bladder crystals and stone formation. If Pretty Litter turns purple or red, it may indicate that there's blood in there. And this can oftentimes be a sign of bladder stones, crystals, bladder inflammation, or even a urinary tract infection. If you notice an unusual color, when in doubt, Consult with your veterinarian to find out what's going on. We'll want to get a sterile urine sample, but it could be a helpful indicator by keeping tab on your cat's health. Pretty Litter also has microcrystals that absorb the urine and odor, so it's got amazing odor control. Also, it's easy maintenance. All you have to do is scoop the poop. No more clumping. Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping, so it's hassle-free and convenient. Go to prettylittercats.com slash ervet and use the promo code ERVET for 20% off your first subscription order. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We're talking about the importance of flea and tick medications in dogs and cats. And specifically, we're talking about the dangers of when you use the wrong product and how it can be poisonous to you cats out there and you cat owners. So really important that you pay attention to this episode. Now, when it comes to flea and tick medications, there are a lot of different active ingredients out there. And I will fill you in on a little secret. If you look at the active ingredients, I can't even pronounce them sometimes. They're really complex chemical names. But if you look at them, some of them will say two, three, delta, gamma, blah, 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 blah. But the long chemical name often ends with a thrin, T-H-R-I-N. If you see a thrin in the active ingredient, that usually means it's a pyrethrin or a pyrethroid. Pyrethrins are actually natural chemicals derived from the mumflower, the chrysanthemum. So they're actually really safe for dogs. Pyrethroids are a similar class, but they're synthetic. So common names include deltamethrin, cypyrethrin, siphenethrin, permethrin. Again, they all end with thrin for the most part. When it comes to synthetic pyrethroids, they actually last a really long time. And so depending what type of flea and tick medication you buy, you may not actually see an expiration date on pyrethroids because they last forever. 
Now, the way that these chemicals work in nature is they cause excitement of the cells and affect what we call the sodium channels. This actually results in the demise of the insect, the flea, and the tick. However, when used incorrectly, it can actually result in accidental signs of poisoning. Cats and fish are very sensitive to pyrethrins and pyrethroids. And again, it's going to be the concentration of the product that we're worried about. Now, most dog pyrethrin or pyrethroid-based insecticides are usually topical flea and tick spot-on medications. These are really high concentration. They're usually a 40 to 60% concentration. Super, super safe for dogs. However, really, really dangerous to cats. Now, now, like I've mentioned before on my previous ER vet episodes, it's the dose that makes the poison. Low concentrations of pyrethrins and pyrethroids are actually okay to use around cats, but these are usually less than 1%. So certain dog shampoos, flea sprays, these are usually less than 1%. So these are not going to pose a danger to your cat. Cats can actually tolerate a 1% to 5% concentration, but anything greater than that is going to result in severe poisoning in cats. As an ER vet, I often see accidental pyrethrin and pyrethroid poisoning in cats. And this happens when a well-intentioned cat owner applies a concentrated, quote, small dog flea and tick product onto their big cat. These topical flea and tick spot-on products, again, are really safe for dogs, but they're really dangerous for cats. And again, that's because of a cat's altered liver metabolism, where they're much more sensitive to pyrethroids. So what's going to happen if you accidentally put a high concentration flea and tick medication on a cat? Well, unfortunately, it ends up resulting in systemic poisoning. In other words, it's absorbed into your cat's body. So some of the first signs we're going to see include drooling or vomiting. The next ones are hiding. They're hiding under the bed. They're really, really agitated. You may notice that their whiskers are starting to twitch. And then their face and ears are starting to twitch. They may become depressed or lethargic. They can start squinting their eyes if they had some of the chemical get into their eye. Then they start walking drunk and develop muscle tremors that progress into severe seizures. As soon as you notice any clinical signs, especially that facial twitching, you want to get to a veterinarian right away because it can progress really, really quickly and be really dangerous. Now, in cats, I've actually seen cats get exposed secondarily. In other words, a dog owner will put concentrated flea and tick pyrethrin or pyrethroid on their dog and their cat goes to groom that dog or sleeps with that dog. And so that can actually result in secondary exposure to a cat. So it's still okay to use pyrethrins in dogs. However, put a t-shirt on them so the cat isn't exposed to that oil or separate them for at least one to two days until that product is completely dry. Again, these products are really safe to use in dogs, but dangerous to use if a cat is exposed to it. So how are we going to treat it? If you notice that you just put high concentration flea and tick medication on your cat, the safest thing you can do is call the 1-800 number on that box of product for free 24-7 poison control advice. What I want you to do is do that and then I want you to actually bathe your cat if possible. Now, most cat owners will attest most cats are scared of water. They do not tolerate baths, but in this situation, it can be life-saving. So what are we going to bathe them with? You do not bathe them with a regular shampoo. You want to bathe them with something that's going to get this really oily substance off their fur. So what I recommend, Dawn liquid dish soap. What you use to wash dishes in the sink. You want to make sure to apply it to the area 
bathe your cat three times in a row. So rinse, lather, repeat, rinse, lather, repeat, rinse, lather, repeat. I'm gonna avoid the head, but I wanna make sure to get this product off. If we don't get the product off, your cat will continue to tremor and seizure. The next thing I recommend is getting to a veterinarian right away. Because if you're not able to bathe your cat well, or your cat starts developing twitching, seizures, or tremors, then we need to use drugs to stop that tremoring. And so typically, if I see a cat coming in that was accidentally poisoned with a concentrated flea and tick medication, I will go ahead and give them an intravenous IV dose of a muscle relaxant. Once I give that muscle relaxant, that will make them sedate and they'll actually make them sleepy. And then I'll go ahead and bathe that cat again. So important that we do dermal decontamination and get that thick oil off your cat right away. After that, I'm gonna dry your cat. I'm gonna monitor the temperature really carefully because some cats get really hyperthermic, really hot from tremoring, and then get really cold from getting a bath. So we wanna monitor that temperature really carefully. We wanna check a blood sugar to make sure they don't have a low blood sugar causing the tremoring. We usually recommend putting them on some type of fluid therapy, whether or not that's IV or under the skin. And most of these cats need repeated IV doses of a muscle relaxant. Sometimes I'll actually send cat owners home with a muscle relaxant, and it's called methocarbamol. But again, this can be life-threatening and fatal without treatment. So when in doubt, call the 1-800 number on that box for life-saving advice or call the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center right away if you think your cat is poisoned by one of these high-concentration flea and tick medications. Now, I don't want you to be scared of using flea and tick medications. I always say, if you're not sure what to do when it comes to treatment for your dog or cat, even with preventative care, do what your veterinarian does. I always treat all my patients the same way I would treat my own dog or cat. And I have both my dog and my cat on flea and tick medication for at least six months out of the year. For my dog, I use an oral flea and tick medication. For my cat, I use a topical flea and tick medication. And yes, my cat is indoor. The benefit of why I also use this topical flea and tick medication in my cat is because it also prevents and treats for heartworm infection. We'll talk about that on a future ER episode. When in doubt, remember there are key tips to prevent any type of accidental poisoning with flea and tick medication. Always read that product label carefully before applying it to your dog or cat. Make sure to get an accurate weight on your dog and cat. And again, Feel free to visit your veterinary clinic to weigh your dog or cat in the lobby. The third thing, remember if you have both dogs and cats, you wanna separate your cat and your dog if you're using a topical spot on medication until that product is completely dried. That way your cat, if he's grooming or sleeping with your dog, doesn't get exposed. I will also say, I don't allow dogs into the water, a koi pond, a lake, the ocean, after you apply that concentrated flea and tick medication because it can poison fish too. So wait a couple of days until that product is completely dry before you even think about letting your dog go swimming. Most importantly, talk to your veterinarian about the safest type of flea and tick medication for your dog or cat. There's a lot of erroneous information on the internet, and I want you to be a well-educated, knowledgeable pet owner. So talk to your veterinarian about it. When it comes to pyrethrin or pyrethroid poisoning in cats, know that the prognosis is excellent if we can get the product off by bathing it off and treating your cat with the muscle relaxant. The safest thing to do is to make sure you read that label and you only use cat-specific flea and tick medications on cats 
and dog-specific dog medications only on dogs. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me on drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time and want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. We'll see you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.